Rebirth of Venus. I'm Caitlin Matanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all-around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. Today I am inviting you along to join with me in a little book club. Not really like a book club, although that could be fun. I actually, being a voracious reader, I actually have thought about setting up like some kind of an actual book club where each month I recommend a book and maybe like there's an option to have it drop shipped to you at the beginning of the month something that's always in the back of my mind um if that's something that interests you let me know and let me know if it's like what you'd be looking for in something like that but for today we're just going to do like a little like I don't know like a pretend book club (laughs) I'm doing this episode in response to I get a lot of questions about books and part of that I am sure is because I am very vocal about being a voracious reader and people often see me reading a new book on my Instagram. I post them sometimes. Honestly, I can't really keep up. I read very quickly and I can't like really keep up sometimes with like, this is what I'm reading now. And I know that like a lot of times you just get the same recommendations again and again. And sometimes it's for a reason because they're like classics But a lot, especially if you're in like the personal development world, you might get the same recommendations again and again, and maybe you've read them and you don't know where else to start, or maybe you just want some things that you might not have heard of otherwise. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is people are curious about what I'm reading or what I've read. And so I thought it would be really fun to hop on in here. We're almost halfway through the year and just give you my top 10 books and just like a little chat about each of them that I've read so far this year. So these are by no means all of the books I have read so far this year. They're probably about like a third or a quarter of the ones I've read. Um, but I they're the ones that really impacted me and that I was really excited to read and I was really excited to have read and I felt like I could completely suggest. Now, a couple of them I did listen to in audiobook form. Now, when I say I read like X number of books, I mostly read my books often on like the iBooks app because I live in a foreign country and finding English language books is not always like the easiest thing. I don't use Amazon, so that's kind of out. And I just like having things shipped here is kind of a pain sometimes. I live in Mexico. And so, yeah, I read a lot of a lot more books digitally than I might otherwise um and I also I do listen to audiobooks I don't listen to audiobooks as nearly as much as I read books but I do count those honestly as reading and you know what this isn't about like a contest of like who reads the most books so for me I just like keep track each year of the books I read 
And I put them all together. And like if I'm talking about, it, I'll make note because sometimes the audiobook is really special. And I'm going to be mentioning that today because audiobooks are dope too, you know? Like it's great to have just like something going. Um, I love audiobooks for things that like books that I know are going to be a little heavier that I might just like gloss over if I'm reading like a bunch of statistics. Um, that can be really helpful for me personally, just the way I read. Um, a lot of people ask me, they're like, how do you read so much? Or, you know, I want to find more time to read or things like that. And I mean, I tell them a few things. One, it's like anything else. If it's something you've decided matters to you, you'll find a time to do it. Because really, like you can read a book in those five to 10 minute periods of downtime you have throughout the day, which is one reason I like having them, having at least like a couple on my phone, because I like I'm pretty efficient with my time. And so I'm kind of always looking for those little pockets of time to use for something, whether it's like listening to a podcast, reading a book, watching a informative YouTube video or whatever. Um, that's just me, because the reality is I'm somebody who if I don't pay attention to those pockets of time, I kind of just like they pile up and I am not using them productively. And once I kind of got clear on how I was using my time and the fact like I did have these pockets of time, but I was kind of ignoring them, thinking they didn't count. I actually had plenty of time to read. Honestly, I don't I don't actually I was telling my boyfriend this this morning because he was like he saw me starting a new book or like having already started it. And he was and I just finished this big book last night and he was like, wow, you read a lot. <laughs> I mean, he knows this before. But he was like noticing it in that moment. And it was I said it was really funny because I actually don't know how I read so much. I like I don't it's I mean, I know I read like it's something I do pretty much every day. Pretty much. I mean, sometimes I go a week if I just don't feel like it and I don't. But I pretty much read daily. And at the same time, I do a shitload of other things. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm always reading, you know? And so when people are like, oh, I wish I could read more, but like I don't have time, I call bullshit because like I'm really productive. And part of that for me is reading. So that's just me. And you can take that advice for pretty much anything that you want to do that you think you don't have the time to do. <laughs> um, I am a speed reader. I don't really know how I learned that. I know that like you can teach yourself that, but honestly, I wouldn't really worry so much about like your speed of reading. It probably would probably gets faster the more you read. That's maybe something that's true for me. I haven't really thought about it to be honest. But like sometimes if I mention, you know, a read you reading a lot or something, people are like, oh, like I only read this about this in a month. And it's like it's not a contest. It's important to like it's just important to find something that's interesting to you, dig into it for as long as it takes for you to get the, you know, get the information out and then just trust that speed, trust that process for yourself. So this is by no means like guilting you to read more, but if it is something that you desire and it's definitely something that has been hugely beneficial in my entire life, I mean, on Natalia Benson's podcast recently, she said something like the most all of the most important things I've learned have been from books. And I don't know if that's fully true for me, but I totally resonated with like 
the the gist behind what she was saying because you know books are really 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 incredible resources they're inexpensive you know especially with the internet like i mean i get a lot of my books like my my ebooks i get on when they're just like on sale on ibooks there's an amazing app i just started using called scribed this is not sponsored but i'm open to it <laughs> they have a great selection of ebooks and audiobooks as well and a bunch of other things i've never looked at um and it's like six or seven dollars a month it's like a million times better than audible and it's not owned by amazon um, if you're not sure, like, what the big deal is with Amazon, I'm not going to get into that here, but just, like, Google it or message me. <laughs> um, so there, it, my point is that you can get, you know, if you live in a city with a library, unfortunately, I miss libraries. That's not something that really exists here. I That's an amazing option. I used to love, love, love going to the library, used bookstores, thrift stores, often have a bunch of, like, personal development books and spirituality books. Um you know, books are a really inexpensive resource to expand your mind. And I know I sound like a reading rainbow episode right now, which is like no shade because that show was dope. But reading rules, get a book, read that shit, tell me about it. Okay, let's get into things because I've gotten like really like school teacher already. And I'm just hoping that you vibe with this episode. Okay, number one. And like I said, these are not in any order. Number one, this is probably my favorite fucking book I have read so far this year. It's called, I have it in front of me, Glamour Magic, The Witchcraft Revolution to Get What You Want by Deborah Castellano. This book is fucking awesome. You need to get it. You need to read it. I don't care if you're a witch. I don't care if you're not a witch. I don't care who you are. This book is dope. First of all, it looks amazing. The cover is lit. It's like dark, floral, with red candles. It's dope. Cover's great. <laughs> I totally judge books by the cover. I'm not going to lie. This book is so freaking good. It is... I'm going to read the back to you. That's what I'm going to do, I think, for the ones that I have, like the paper copies in front of me. I'll read the back. Revolutionize your witchcraft to achieve your greatest desires. Glamour is the art of taking what makes you exciting and interesting to others and using it as leverage in accomplishing your great work. This fun romp of a book helps you use glamour to accomplish total world domination or to revolutionize your magical practice if ruling the world isn't your thing. Okay, this book is so fucking good. So... It's not like the craft where she does the glamour magic and she like changes her hair color. It's not like that. It's basically, this book is basically about turning up your natural radiance in a way that draws opportunities and your desires to you. The book is, the way it's written is so fun. I literally couldn't put it down. It's just like, it's super sassy. It's super fun. I love, love, love that it presents things that, in a much more nuanced way than many witchcraft books. So I've complained about this before. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying not to be on the, oh, not trying. I am, I have stepped off the complaint train. So maybe complaining isn't the right, the right term. 
I am often critical of the world of modern witchcraft in terms of writings, teachings, because there's a lot of fear mongering about like, and like whitewashing, basically. It's basically like people are so afraid of like doing something that's bad that they don't do anything at all, right? And honestly, that's like a great parable for the rest of the world. <laughs> people, I really, really encourage people both in their spiritual practices and in their like life practices to really think about their own sense of ethics and morals. And this book has, I think, the best discussion of that topic that I've ever read in a book on magic. You know, it's really, there's no fear mongering. It's really just like, here's some different things to consider. It's up to you to decide what's ethical and what's not. And it's not just in terms of glamour. It's in terms of just life. It's really good. And she talks a lot about like different historical examples of like historical figures who used her definition of glamour magic to get what they wanted. Most of them are not people you would consider to be witches in the traditional sense. The book is so, so good. And it's really, really, really like an advocate for making a strong power play in your life and like really going after what you fucking want. And that's why I want everyone to read this book. It's so good. I think I might reread it like in the next couple weeks now that I'm talking about it. It's so good. Highly recommended. Okay, that's the first one. Second one I actually just finished last night. It is called Circe. This is a novel by Madeline Miller. So Circe, it was super cool. I read like one novel a year, <laughs> pretty much. I pretty much only read a novel when someone gifts it to me, which is exactly what happened with this book. My friend and podcast listener, Lana, gifted me this book. It also has a fantastic cover. It's like a bronze foil situation on black and white. Not the point. Not the point. Not relevant. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing novel about the story of Cersei. Not Game of Thrones. Apparently that's a character in Game of Thrones. I think it's like a really important one. <laughs> I clearly have never watched the show. <laughs> this is Cersei. She's a like lesser known Greek goddess. And she was a witch also. So this is another like witchy read. It's absolutely great. Um, I think this book got like a, like a lot of people have been talking about this book all year. It's been really popular. It's really like a fun read. It's pretty long, but it's like, it's not, it just flew along before I knew it was done. You know, it's like 400 pages, bam, done. It's really cool. I honestly, I learned more about like Greek mythology in this book than I ever did in school. And it's so cool actually to see like the links portrayed in a fictional way. The book is super entertaining, super beautiful. The way it's written is gorgeous. I absolutely loved it. Highly recommended. Okay. Moving on. Um, next. White Hot Truth by Danielle Laporte. Okay, so you've probably heard of Danielle Laporte. She's super well known for her book, The Desire Map, and like her whole system, The Desire Map. And I've talked about The Desire Map on this podcast before. Danielle Laporte was like one of the first sort of like spiritual people. I mean, I don't want to say spiritual teacher because I really don't think she identifies that way. Just like a person online talking about spiritual topics. 
she was one of the first that I discovered when I sort of got into that world as an adult like 10 years ago. This, I okay, I love the desire map, first of all. It's like the system, it's a classic, it's basically just, it's a classic way of like determining your true desires and go, finding ways to go after them that are very soulful and really like speak to the true desires of your spirit, which are in feeling rather than in, in um, attainment. So that's really good. But this book is lit, okay? And it's like kind of a pun because it's called White Hot Truth. It's lit. This book, it came out, I think, a couple years ago. It's so fucking good. It, the tagline is clarity for keeping it real on your spiritual path from one seeker to another. She really just like lays out a lot, like all these like different spiritual practices. And she like, it's like very open at time, like self-deprecating, but like in a very like uplifting way. Like it's never like, oh, I'm an idiot. She's really honest, really raw and truthful about like her experiences with all these different practices and how like some of them are really kind of bullshit, right? <laughs> it's super, super, um, what's the word? It's super, I don't know, I can't think of the word, damn it. <laughs> Basically, it's like not super serious. It's about like the messy, complicated world of modern spirituality. Um, it's like I said, it's really honest. I just really enjoyed it. There are a lot of, it's like, it's very liberating to read. It, it really, you know, it really like keeps it real in terms of spirituality. I'm not doing a good job of describing it. Um, like, you know, she t basically just takes like, it's, it's a combination of like observing different practices and different groups in the world, like the world of modern spirituality. It's talking about like her examples and experiences of, of being like too human <laughs> for the spiritual world. Um, she talks about just like, yeah, being a seeker in the sense of like you're constantly looking for like the thing that's going to kind of fix you and how in the end that's just really a pointless endeavor. Um, it's really good. It's really, really good. I'm kind of flipping through it right now. And um, I marked like a few pages. I dog-eared some pages. And I'm, I'm wishing I had like a little, a little, um, like, I wish I'd taken out a little passage. Okay, here's one that's cool. She says, like, I think this is she's talking about, like, power tools, what she calls them. More awareness, deeper respect, less dependency. She's talking about tools like crystals, for example, um, and how we need to, like, bring more awareness and deeper respect for how we use them because they're, like, way more powerful than we think and be less dependent on them because they aren't as powerful as we are, if that makes sense. Um... And that's really interesting. It's really good. She talks about like some crazy experiences with basically like meditating too hard that she gave herself like a benign tumor. <laughs> um, she's fine. So it's like, it's okay. All of these really powerful things that make you realize that like in the, this is an important book in the age of Instagram spirituality, which obviously I use Instagram a ton. I'm not hating on Instagram. The reality is even people with the best, you know, the, the best of ideas, the best of, um, you know, who mean, who mean best and like give detailed explanations on things in the comments or in the captions, 
people don't always read that. They're just looking at the picture. They're like looking at the quote and they're not really thinking about the nuances of these things. And so a lot gets lost because, you know, before it's like you needed to learn from a teacher some of these practices. Now, I am all for like making things more accessible to people. And I don't think by any means you need like a guru or a teacher. And I also think that with so much information at our disposal, things can go like a little awry. And so this is a really good book to kind of like talk through that in a super real, honest way. Highly recommended. These are all highly recommended is why I'm talking about them. <laughs> I'm not a book reviewer, as you can tell. Um, next, The Sun and Her Flowers by Rupi Carr. Love Rupi Carr. She is a amazing, amazing, amazing American poet, modern American poet, young woman. She's fucking brilliant. You can look at for her on Instagram and she you probably have like seen little quotes from some of her poems on Instagram. She just like writes in a really again like really visceral beautiful at times painful way about heartbreak, about you know like what it means to be a woman, what it means to be um an immigrant woman for her or descendant you know, from immigrant parents. It's just a beautiful book. It's her newest, it's the newest of her books. She has two. The first one's called Milk and Honey, and it's, I think, like, the most translated book of poetry of all time or something. Um, highly recommended. It's not exactly, like, a happy book. Um, definitely some of the poems are, like, kind of heartbreaking for sure. <laughs> but it's really, really recommended. I love reading poetry when I'm feeling, like, hella emotional because it just like brings it out of me and I need to feel all those feelings so um highly recommended I need to stop saying that I'm just like diluting my passion for these books by saying that okay moving on my next book I want to talk about is Lunar Abundance by Ezzie Spencer this book I first heard about maybe even a couple of years ago when it came out I remember I heard an interview with Ezzie Spencer on um some podcast don't remember I think it might have been the lively show back when like she was doing interviews still I might have been don't hold me to that it doesn't matter it's an amazing 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 book about the moon cycles I love this book because well it's beautiful as you you can tell, like actually all of, I'm looking at all of the books, the ones that I physically have, they're like laying on my bed as I'm recording this, and they're actually all beautiful. I love a beautiful book. I hate an ugly book. The worst is when like you really love a book, but it's really ugly. Maybe that's just me. It's probably just me. Okay. Anyway, Lunar Abundance. It's a really really beautiful discussion of the lunar cycles and how to use them for manifestation. She's very, the book is, her, her writing voice is really lovely. It's like not super, super wooey, even though I like am completely down with that vibe. It's not like overly spiritual. Not, I guess what I mean is this. I can see how you could read this book if you're like kind of new to the whole idea of charting the moon and like seeing how that affects you. I also, like, I'm very versed in that, and I still got a lot out of it. Her perspective is really unique. It's not just, like, she copied it off the internet, which, unfortunately, a lot of 
books I read, I'm just like, oh, I kind of feel like this is like, just, I feel like a lot of books on moon cycles, for example, kind of all say the same things. And Ezzy's, I'm talking about her like we're on a first name basis. Ezzy's book, it really goes into some deeper detail, especially from like the psychological side, which I really appreciated. You know, I'm all about doing like mindset meets magic and everything I do. Um, I really liked how she broke down some of the like lesser known moon cycles, like the quarter moons, aka the half moons. That's what they look like in the sky. Um, I really appreciated that. She really, like her approach to manifestation, which I'm going to put in quotes here, it definitely is her own. And I really appreciated that. It, like I said, it wasn't just like the same things you read all over the internet. I'm not saying that's inherently bad because a lot of that information is like really good and really valid and really true for many of us. Um, and I really appreciated this truly unique perspective that she gave on a lot of these, you know, just on, on a lot of details. So it's, I really recommend that this book, Lunar Abundance, if you are just getting into the idea of like, following the moon cycles, maybe you don't even know what that means, I definitely recommend it to you. And I recommend it if you're just looking for a way to use the energy of the day to day. Maybe you're an astrology buff. Maybe you identify as a witch. Maybe it's part of your spiritual practice. Maybe not any of those things. But you're looking for kind of a way to both visually and energetically kind of track the energy of the world, if that makes sense. And yeah, her writing style is really down to earth and I really found a lot of value in that book because of that. Okay, next. Okay, the next two books have really similar names. I was going to reverse them, but like now I'm just going to go down the list because I don't want to forget anything. So forgive me. <laughs> the next two actually with the similar names, I listened to both of them on an audiobook and I, or in two separate audiobooks and I really, really suggest listening to them in an audiobook if that is something that serves you. The first is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by, Deep by Deepak Chopra. Okay, confession time, guys. This was literally the first book I've ever read by Deepak Chopra. Can you believe it? <laughs> okay, to me, Deepak Chopra has always been just like one of those people that like, I don't know, he's just like it. Like he's he's so everywhere. He's written so many freaking books. I just like don't even think about him as a result. And I have I take it back, Deepak. I take it back. You're super cool. Now I understand. So it started because I listened to his interview, which I think was recorded like last year, on the Highest Self podcast with Sahara Rose, and it was lit. This interview was lit, guys. Like there were so many mic drop moments. I was just like. Deepak who knew Deepak was this fucking gangster like yes okay so I read a few of his books since and this is was my favorite by far okay first of all audiobooks I there's just a few authors I freaking love listening to them so much more than reading them like I enjoy reading them sure and this is a very short book I think I forget the number of pages because I actually have the ebook as well because I want to just to be able to like flip through it. I mean, digitally flip through it. 
it's really short. And I think the audiobook was like an hour and a half or something, like super short also. So it's good either way. But I just love his voice. He's like, there's certain voices that just comfort me, and Deepak Chopra is one of them. So while I'm going to do a little tangent here, authors, I always, always, always will choose an audiobook if it's an option instead of a paper book. Deepak Chopra is one. He's like the Indian grandfather I always wanted. Um, yeah, I don't know what that means either. So he's great. His audiobooks are great. Dr. Wayne Dyer, super, again, super old school choice. His audiobooks, which were like tapes back in the day, so they're always like, flip the tape over for the next one or something. But you can like get them digital now, obviously. He, I just, I love his voice. He is so soothing. I don't have any Wayne Dyer audiobooks on here because I haven't read any this year, although he's someone I go back to all the time. He's unfortunately passed. I love listening to his audiobooks. Love, love, love. His voice is so soothing. And it just like his voice makes me believe everything he says. And his work is gold. So Wayne Dyer, another great audiobook listener. Gabriella Bernstein. I'm sorry, Gabrielle Bernstein. <laughs> I knew that. I was thinking about like a different person for a second. <laughs> anyway, I actually don't resonate with her books strongly when I read them but when she reads them oh my god because she's an amazing speaker she's an amazing speaker and I've actually read two of her books this year or listened to two of them that I'd already read listened to them on audiobook and it was just like yes so again highly recommend Gabrielle Bernstein for the audiobooks okay back to the actual book list I went on a tangent but you know I trust my tangents always the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, so, so good. Basically, he breaks down <laughs> he breaks down success in the Seven Spiritual Laws. But what's really cool about this book is I love these types of books because you start to see the same quote-unquote laws over and over again. Now, I know this might be confusing because I just was talking about how I don't like when people just talk about the same thing everyone else talks about. But that's not my point. He, you know, certain of certain laws, certain of the seven laws that he talks about are things I've read in other places, but described, he describes them totally differently. And he, you know, his, he gets the origins from um, a different place as well. Like a lot of the origins of his spiritual laws come from you know, yogic teachings and other South Asian teachings. And it's really interesting just to like see the similarities of, Hey, I think they say that in this other spiritual text because you start to see these, you, they really start to feel like laws because, you know, every discussion of the energetics around success kind of incorporates these same things but portrayed in a different light. So this is a really great fast read. I found it really inspiring. I really enjoyed it. And I love, I love, I love listening to Deepak's voice. It's a good one. Okay, next one, which is similar in title, is The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity by Edwin Gangs. And this is another one you have to, this one actually I'm requiring you to listen to on the audiobook because it's, it's read by the author again and her voice is so charming. She's like this kind, sweet Southern grandma. And I, I was like having kind of a rough time. I remember when I was listening to this and 
one day I did something I have never done then up till then or since, which was lay on my bed doing nothing else. Usually I listen to audiobooks as I do other things and just listen to her voice telling me these things that were giving me this wisdom. And I literally felt like, even though she sounds nothing like my late grandmother, I really felt like my grandmother, like the archetype of my grandmother was there with me. And it really, really just like, as she's explaining these spiritual concepts, it really made me feel at peace and just like safe and protected by the universe, by God, by whatever. And it was just such a cool feeling. And that's why I love listening to audiobooks sometimes because you get more out of it through the delivery. Now, this book, um, trigger warning, she does like she does come from a Christian background. She is a minister. I don't remember of what church, but I think it's like one of the progressive ones, clearly, because she talks about like not caring which form of God people believe in and stuff. So it's very like very open minded. But if you are triggered by like the use of the word God, I mean, the seven spiritual laws of success, the previous book by Deepak Chopra, he does use the word God. But in the four spiritual laws of prosperity, Edwin Gaines, she does talk about like God and Jesus at times from a more Christian perspective, but it's never preachy. It's never like you need to believe this. I absolutely love the book. It is by far one of my favorite books that I've read yet about um, like wealth consciousness from a spiritual perspective. It's fantastic. I'm just letting you know because I know some people really, 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 really like as soon as they see Jesus, they're like, shut the book, you know? And so I'm not like saying that's good or bad. It's just I know that that's something that not everybody wants not everybody wants that. It's a trigger warning for that reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a fantastic book. It's just such a beautiful discussion of prosperity consciousness from a really spiritual perspective. Um, I've been reading a lot of books this year about like the spiritual side of prosperity. And it's this was really interesting for me because I, do, I, I really don't have much of a Christian background. Like, I went to church some going growing up, but not often at all. So I don't really have like much knowledge about that. And so it actually was really interesting to me when she did cite like in the Bible, mostly I think in the Old Testament, about certain ideas of this. Because it's like, again, it's this ancient text. And if you look at the proper translation because that's the issue with any of these spiritual texts that weren't written in English there are many translations and and in the case of bible verses they can be extremely different depending on the translation but it was interesting to see someone's who's really like in that world see their interpretation of biblical ideas now the whole book is in no way biblical that's like more of just like a support something she brings up here and there but I found it fascinating. It was a lovely book. Definitely one I'm going to read again. Um, and a great, great, great book for prosperity consciousness and a really good book if um, I could see this being really great for people who are coming from a more traditional religious background and 
it like presents basically ideas of like law of attraction and manifestation, although she doesn't really use those words very much. That's clearly the, what the ideas are. She presents them in terms of one of the most common spiritual texts in the world, the Bible. So really recommended, really recommended. I know. You guys see me like do a drinking game, whatever. I'm like, highly recommended. Just take a shot. You know, like I said, I'm not a professional book reviewer, but enough people want to know what I'm reading and want to know recommendations that I'm doing this for you. I'm starting to feel like kind of cheesy, but I know you're going to love it. Okay. In the same vein, the next book on my list is The Law of Divine Compensation by Marion Williamson. Again, um, a fantastic book on prosperity consciousness from a deeply spiritual perspective. Marion Williamson, she um, is, a, is a, an, an interpreter of the spiritual text A Course in Miracles, which, again, definitely uses some Christian terminology of God, of Jesus, etc. Now, A Course in Miracles, my understanding, I actually just started reading it myself. Because I was like, time to actually read the thing and see what the fuss is about. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein is also like a student of the course of, Mir of a course in miracles, um, so and, and many other people as well. But they're like two really well-known people who are. So my understanding of a course in miracles, if I'm wrong, send me a message and educate me. Um, is that some people consider it to be like the original words of Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a modern text. It's my understanding is that it was like, I don't know when it was compiled, but it's a modern text. But it's kind of like, while it does use a lot of this Christian terminology, I read um, A Return to Love, another one of her books that's very well known. And in that, she really explained that, like, a lot of these labels are actually, well, they're actually, like, personifications of metaphysical ideas. And that was fascinating to me. Because I'm like a, you know, I'm like a student of spirituality. And I used to be super close-minded about religion. And I still, you know, am a critic. I will admit because I'm allergic to dogma and because I really dislike how many religious texts of many traditions, not just Christianity, have been completely altered to suit political needs and desires of certain groups. So I don't like all of that, but I have been like opening my mind and reading some of these especially translations that I find more empowering as a means of just understanding more because I do ultimately believe that all spiritual ideas are about the same thing which is basically choosing love over fear so a lot of writings and teachings on A Course in Miracles focus on that so anyway of the law of divine compensation is like, like I said just like the last book I mentioned which was the four spiritual laws of prosperity. It's a really beautiful discussion on really trusting and understanding that God, and I say God because that is the term she uses, you can substitute universe or anything you want. I'm reading, right now I'm reading It's Not Your Money by Tasha Silver, and um, 
and she talks about this a lot. But in another book I just read, I just confused two books I read. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, in another book I read, I'm, I'm reading Modern Tarot by Michelle T. She talks when she she says that whenever she like prays to God in quotes, she she calls God Stevie Nicks. So she's like, please, Stevie Nicks, take this from me, <laughs> you know, which I thought was hilarious. I loved it. Anyway, back to the book in question, The Law of Divine Compensation. She talks a lot about how basically God is the source of your prosperity. And she like really just goes balls to the wall. I don't know if Marianne Williamson would really like identify with me saying she went balls to the wall on something, but I'm just going to go with it. She went balls to the wall <laughs> on, on, on encouraging you to kind of like give up control. And she's not like, don't do anything. God's on it. But it's really, it, it really, I mean, because I've talked about how a big lesson for me this year has been learning how to have faith. And you can, faith can be anything to you. It doesn't even have to be a spiritual concept. And so it's interesting because I find, because faith is one of those words that's a little triggery for a lot of people who have like, who have come away from organized religion because it's a word used a lot in the Christian community, but it's like not a Christian concept. It just means, you know, being sure something is going to happen regardless of whether or not, what, regardless of what it looks like. And in fact, it was Mary Williamson herself who said, faith isn't blind, it's visionary. And so she really like reframes this idea of turning over your problems, in this case, your financial problems to God as an act of faith in a really like self-empowering way. It's not just, yeah, it's a really self-empowering way. And it's a great book. It's another really good one if you to maybe recommend to someone in your life who is um, just opening up to spiritual ideas outside of Christianity if they come from that background. I could see how this is also could be a really like non-threatening read, um, but really, really portrays a lot of these ideas, these same ideas of law of attraction idea, of law of attraction concepts, of manifestation concepts, but in a very deeply spiritual way. So also a beautiful read and highly recommended. <laughs> okay, two more. Um, the next one is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. This is a book that people have been telling me to read for like a million years. Again, a really short read. It is a great, great, great discussion on pushing through resistance to achieve your creative potential. Now, I do not agree with everything. I mean, I don't think in any of these books I agreed with everything the author said. In this book, like, he does kind of glamorize, like, hard work and just fucking doing it. But sometimes we kind of need that, like, kick in the ass, especially when we're really resisting our creative expression because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of visibility. We're afraid of all these things. And this is such a good book um, that was, you know, such a good discussion of just kind of getting it done and looking beyond yourself and he and he approaches it in a really just like um not aggressive way but it's like a very like he's I'm sure he's a New Yorker like his writing voice is very like native New Yorker he just like tells it to you straight 
is like, this is what I did. And I fucked everything up. And then I learned this, you know, it's like very like Anthony Bourdain, you know, (laughs) and I, it, it really is, I actually recommended it to my last, my, my last round of the chariot because it, it's kind of a book about that same archetype of just grabbing the reins, driving, doing what has to be done and getting it done, which is like big time chariot energy as well. So it's really good if you're feeling like you have resistance, if you're feeling like you're not following through on the creative ideas you have, I would suggest reading it. I was about to say I highly recommend reading it and then I will switch to that because yeah. Okay. Anyway, highly recommended. <laughs> okay, last book is a hop <laughs> Okay, this this book is win- takes the prize for the worst title I've ever heard. I'm sorry, author. I'm sorry. I just like I know the book is like was written I think 20 years ago. I think we need like a re a reboot with a different title. I don't know. I don't under, I don't understand the title. But it's a great book. So I'm still going to recommend it. And it's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money by David Cameron Gikandi. Gikandi. I'm sorry. I don't know which which one is correct. Who is apparently the creative consultant on The Secret according to the cover. Um I know people hate on The Secret. But, I mean, my perspective on The Secret, which I did not read this year, but it, both the book and the, especially the documentary or movie, whatever you want to call it, while they are very two-dimensional and they leave out a lot of important aspects of the manifestation process, they got those ideas into the minds of average people who never would have imagined it otherwise and... You know, I think it has value for that reason. So, anyway, back to the book. Another one that, like, there are definitely a few things in the book I was like, like, especially near the end, I was kind of like, I don't know about that. I think, like, like, unfortunately, like many of the older money mindset books, I think there might have been a mention of Donald Trump. I can't be certain because I've read a lot of books this year. And a lot of them are money mindset books. And a lot of them are older, like we're talking like 90s, early 2000s. And a lot of them talk about Donald Trump in passing because he's like the most famous really rich guy at the time. Like remember back when Donald Trump was just a rich guy? Like he just like owned hotels and stuff. Oh, those were the days. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I don't know if I can't actually say for sure if that was this book or another one. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a professional book reviewer. For obvious reasons, but I still found this book great. The discussion at the beginning, it's like the first half of the book or the first third on quantum physics is a must read. It totally, and like since then, I've dug deeper into a lot of these concepts in other books, other articles, scientific articles and things. It blew my mind, okay? The way he describes the reasons that we basically that the the version like reality is an illusion. The version of the illusion we buy into is an absolute choice. And that's actually like a scientific fact. Basically, 
I mean, okay, when I say scientific fact, <laughs> when I say scientific fact, it's like as much as any of the theories or hypotheses of quantum physics are because a lot of them are not provable. Um, the original hypotheses are provable. This is my understanding, but a lot of the um, interpretations are not provable. So there are a lot of like interpretations, like the blah, blah interpretation, you know, in quantum physics. So, however, like he does discuss how it has been proven that that mat that physical particles change form depending on whether or not they are observed. And I had heard about this before, and after reading it more in this book, I went deeper and read about it in some other places, and it's just super interesting. These ideas have huge, 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 um, have a huge, uh, I can't think of the word. I'm recording this late. It's probably, you can probably tell because I'm like extra silly. Um, the implications, there we go, the implications of these theories on our own realities as humans are fascinating. Now, a lot of this has been proven in a physical context, but the whole idea that it would also apply to like the energetics of emotion and things like that are just interpretations. But they're really compelling interpretations. And this book did a great, great, great job of applying that to the acquisition, not just of money, but of anything you're trying to manifest as just a physical embodiment of energy. So it was really, really interesting. It was a book that I had recommended by like six different people. Like I kept seeing it. Like somebody recommend it and then like someone else would have it. Talk about how they're reading it, like in their email newsletter and after a while, I was just like, okay, I'm going to fucking read this book. Um, like I said, I don't understand the title. Like, how is your pocket happy because it has money in it? I don't know. I guess that makes sense. Maybe. Regardless, it's definitely worth a read. It's a classic. It's apparently like one of the lesser known classics on wealth consciousness, even though he apparently was creative consultant on The Secret. Like, I've never heard of him. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no shade to Mr. David Cameron Jacandi. I just like, I'm, I'm curious, like what, where, where did you go? Um, but anyway, really recommend a book on wealth consciousness. Okay. So those are my top 10 books that I read and loved in the first half of this year. And I tried to, like I said, there were, but there are plenty of other books I read and loved. But I really, these are the ones that I really felt like I got a lot out of. They're books I would reread. I think all of them I would, I would reread. And a couple of them were just like really, really, really helped me shift some energy around things in ways that I had been stuck on. And honestly, that is why, that is why I read so much. Because often you might be stuck on a certain concept or maybe even just like part of your experience you may be kind of stuck on. And just sometimes all it takes is one random author explaining it in a slightly different way to change everything for you. And that happens to me all the time. And that's why I love gathering different perspectives on a lot of these topics because 
sometimes it just it's just that one thing that you read in a book in fact I always when I'm reading a book I'm kind of always waiting for the one thing because there's always something that's like a big shift for me in almost every book I read because I pick up books that I'm drawn to intuitively I'm like this is the one you know and it's amazing when especially I mean there have been other books I've read this year so far that I was like, eh, on the book, but there was like one or two things that were so powerful to me, it was worth the read right there, you know? And so that's why I read. Again, I'm going to sound like a reading rainbow episode again, but that's why I read. And um, I would love, love, love to hear if you have read any of these books, if you enjoy them, if you hated them. I, I'm just always curious when people have like really different perspectives. It's interesting. There are a lot of books people are like, love, and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, please, no. Like, for me, it's like anything Napoleon Hill, which is like Think and Grow Rich is like the most famous one. I literally just want to tear my eyes out every time I have read or tried to read any of that, like, super old-timey, like, white guy wealth consciousness stuff. I'm not hating on it because I understand that, like, those books are very life-changing for a lot of people. Just for me, like the old timey language, I just never could handle it. So it's just interesting to me how we could have these different perspectives. And likewise, if you've read an amazing book, I would love for you to recommend it to me. It's very likely I've read it, but I would love just you. Sometimes it's like a reminder to me, like, oh, you should read that again. It's been a few years or sometimes I haven't read it and I got super, I get super excited. That happened with happy pocket full of money so I was like I've never even heard of that and then suddenly everyone was talking about it um so I love getting recommendations so if you have one for me send it along and let me know if this was valuable for you if you enjoyed this and if you want like other recommendation episodes in the future maybe about other things besides just books I don't know new ideas new ideas all good so thank you so much for listening um one more quick announcement if you have missed it my private coaching experience it's a three month three month experience is open I do have a couple of slots still open for that I only take on a super super limited number of clients at a time for my private coaching experience and I would love for you to be one of them if it is something that interests you if it's you know so my private coaching experience it's for people who are ready for more that have been told or made to believe by the dominant culture that they shouldn't have more, that they can't because they don't fit into the mold, that they can't because wanting more is selfish or is illogical or foolish or irresponsible. Those are the people I want in my three-month private coaching experience. So, you know, my whole, all of my work is to help modern mystics and boss witch creatrixes who are ready for more embody the badass mindset necessary to create success on their own terms. I don't believe that you need to do things a certain way to be successful. I don't believe you need to do things in a conventional way to be successful. Not only do I not believe these things, but I am living proof that all of these ideas are lies and they are things that we can question. I'm passionate about turning big dreams into realities and creating massive shifts in short periods of time. I 
you know, I want to work with you if you're ready to do things differently. If you're willing to be outcasted and unpopular in order to receive everything you desire. Which is funny because when you do things in a really unconventional way and you just say fuck you to the status quo and create a life and a business and a lifestyle that suits you authentically, all of the normals actually become envious as hell. (laughs) And they ask, you know, like, how'd you get so lucky? Like, how did you get here? And you're like, I did this by being my badass self and not being afraid to be different. And so I want to show you how those things that make you different, that make you weird, that make you outcasted are actually your biggest assets. And you can use those to create a business that you're obsessed with if having a business is something that you want. But even if you don't even want to be a boss witch, if you just want to create a life that serves you to find work that's meaningful to you and to live in a way that is authentically you, then my private coaching experience is for you. So what it looks like, we have a three-month experience together. You'll get regular video coaching calls with me. You'll get unlimited text message access and voice message access to ask me all of your questions and get help on the little things that trip you up every day day after day um one of the coolest things this is a bonus for my three-month coaching experience you actually get access to all courses i produce in that three-month period where we're working together including my upcoming summer edition of the chariot which will be coming later this summer you'll get access to that completely free as well and What's cool is about that is that it's an amazing value if you're somebody who's already enjoys purchasing my new courses and you want just sort of a deeper, more intensive one-on-one experience where we can really shift things super fast for you in a concentrated way. We're only going to be spending time on the things that you need to work on rather than, you know, all of the foundational stuff, which is always, you know, it's great review. And for example, like in a course, you're going to have that foundational stuff to get you started. With this, we can just dive deep into where you're struggling or challenged now, clear it out, move the energy around it and move forward. So I absolutely love working with my clients one-on-one and in a continuous basis like this. And what's cool is that actually I love, um, one thing I do, because I love like giving bonuses to my clients, when I read a book that is super powerful to me I love sending copies to my private clients because I just love like sharing the ideas that feel really cutting edge to me sharing them with my people so I was just thinking about that today in the context of this book episode because I just love sharing that knowledge and working with you to help you achieve more to help you do everything you want to do to help you learn to move energy out of the past to clear space for a powerful present to learn how to perform at a consistently high level in ways that are meaningful to you again fuck the status quo um to gain clarity on the work that lights you up and how to pursue it to unite your powerful gifts and show up in the world authentically to allow you to be the fullest expression of yourself through your lifestyle values beliefs and routines and so, so, so much more. If this is something that 
calls to you and you would love to hop on a free discovery session with me just to hear more about it. I'll coach you through some things on the call so you can get an idea for how you'll learn from me and we'll see if it's a fit for both of us. So that's a no pressure free discovery session. And if you're interested in that, go on to the link in the show notes and you can find out more about it and sign up for a session, a discovery session, if you feel the calling. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a fun episode for you to dive into. Keep me up to date on your own reading progress and what you're getting through now. And I will talk to you all later this week. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus. And be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com. Thank you.